Hi, this is John Elvis. I play Ben on Under the Dome. And uh, whether I'm skateboarding or painting doors in the dome, I'm always listening to Wayne and Troy on the Under the Dome radio podcast. Welcome to another special edition of Under the Dome Radio. I'm Troy Heinrichs, here with my good friend Wayne Henderson as we bring to you yet another awesome interview from one of the greatest kind of comedic relief fun guys under the dome definitely the guy you want to be trapped with if you are out and about we have with us mr john elvis you know him best as ben the skateboarding door spray painting uh (laughs) random people talking at the visitor's day uh kind of person so uh we're just very pleased and blessed to have john elvis with us tonight john how the heck are you i'm doing great after that intro i feel like a million bucks (laughs) awesome how are y'all we are doing good we thank you so much for coming on the under the dome radio podcast john because uh ben your character is really starting to take off on the show so we wanted to chat with you learn a little bit more about you and see if we can get you to spill any beans all right well you can try and pluck away. <laughs> if we can't get the beans, we'll just take the rice. Because at least we hey, have some kind of sustenance hey, then. Need some water with that? Right. <laughs> so the question we'll start out with is, of course, um, you're a newer actor on the scene. This is kind of your first project. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about John Elvis himself? Like, who are you? What's your background? And what kind of got you into acting? My name is John Elvis. Uh, full name is John Elvis Lada. My mother was Korean. My dad's... Mexican, mostly, and um, I was born on January 10th, 92. I'm a skateboarder, play drums. I'm, I like to draw a little bit when I have time. I uh, like long walks on the beach, you know, <laughs> Santa toes. I never really was into acting all through high school. It wasn't until about two years ago that uh, I was pursuing acting. And, I, and the funny thing was, I wasn't even looking for it. It just kind of found me. Someone referred me to a, um, a place called, a school called Barbizon. No one knows who it was yet. You know, we're trying to figure out who referred me to them. They don't even know. And uh, they asked me if I wanted to audition for this thing called the Passport to Discovery. It's a little, uh, it's, like a, it's a five-day cruise. They pick individuals from each state to compete for this, uh, to compete for like, you know, in front of agencies and casting directors, stuff like that to, um, you know, possibly get representation. And I was like, you know, why not? I'll try it. Running with it ever since, never looked back. Do you have any advice that you can give to other up-and-coming actors that are trying to get into the business? My recommendation is to, you know, find a good agent. I have a great agent, my um, Calliope Talent, uh, Calliope Talent Management, Christy Martin. She's an awesome person, love her to death. You know, find a good agent, find someone that they'll be on your side no matter what, and um, work at it like you would a job. You know, if you have a full-time job, you know, at an office, you put 40 hours a week, it pays you back, put 40 hours a week in your acting. Or sometimes 50 or 60, depending on who the man is. Exactly, exactly. I was actually working at the agency for the whole two years before I got this gig. I remember many, many late nights working over there at the agency. You know, it was a direct contribution to my success right now. So then, did they kind of pitch you the dome, or was a couple friends that said, hey, this Stephen King, Steven Spielberg, two guys that really aren't anything in the business, got this kind of cool gig? 
you know, <laughs> how did you find the dome and what kind of drew you into wanting to do it? When my agency got me an audition for it. Um, I put it on tape and uh, sent it in, kind of forgot about it. And it's funny because actually the, the day before they called me, I was joking around with my friends. So I was like, hey, man, go check the casting. See if uh, they've probably already cast Ben. And literally the, the night before, I get a call from my agent saying they want to see me for Ben under the dome. And I'm like, what? That's pretty funny. So my agency submitted me, sent in the, the tape, waited two weeks, kind of forgot about it. And one morning, my agent would, calls me and says, hey, all right, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting ready to get up. <laughs> He's like, well, you might want to stay laying down. I'm like, oh, man, I'm in trouble. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so she's like, no, this is, this is actually really good. The CBS wants to see you in Wilmington, North Carolina tomorrow to possibly be cast as Ben under the Dome. And I'm like, what? What? Huh? What? What? Excuse me? I'm, I'm just waking up. Like, what? Huh? Yeah, and so we ended up taking a plane the, the next, or two days later, because we couldn't get a plane that night, that day to Wilmington, and directly from the airport, they picked me up, take me to the casting office, uh, Mark and Craig Fincannon's office, which also, they also cast The Walking Dead and other nice shows, uh, Homeland, and I meet with them, you know, and they immediately call uh, Jack Bender, the producer for Under the Dome, executive producer for Under the Dome, he meets me, we talk a little bit, and I, I do the scene for him, and the first time I did the scene... He's like, okay, well, that was good. Now let's do it one more time, except less acty. <laughs> They're like, okay, all right. So I, I, you know, I told him, give me five seconds. I take, took a deep breath. I didn't have, I didn't even have time to be nervous at the time. You know, I did it a couple times more, and he was like, okay, cool. I noticed you brought your skateboard. You skate? I'm like, yeah. He's like, cool. We'll write that in there. Cool. And then he looked at them, and he's like, well, I like them. So, so they put me in another room, you know, and they they talk about me for a little bit. And they talk about me for a long bit, talk about me for a longer bit, and I found out later on that night that I did indeed get cast for Under the Dome. And a week later, I flew back to Wilmington. I've been here ever since. That's amazing. So after waiting two weeks without much going on, next thing you know, they want to see you two days later, or even sooner if possible. Can you you tell us, John, if the scene that you auditioned with is that something that's been recreated that's been shown on Under the Dome already? Yeah, actually, it was the first scene in where Ben meets Joe and the whole seizure and everything like that. But it was a little bit different because in the, originally Under the Dome was supposed to be for Showtime. And so it had a little bit of different language in there, a little bit different type style of stuff, but it was basically the same scene. So at the time of casting then, was it still a Showtime property or was it actually a CBS property? CBS. So then as you're preparing then for Ben, did you get a chance to read the book or did you stay away from the book and just kind of take the character as it was at face value? I didn't read the book, but I, I Googled Under the Dome and then Stephen King popped up. I'm like, oh, dang, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I noticed he was a skateboarder on the, on the book. So that's why I brought my skateboard. I've been skating since uh, I was 12 years old. So that's almost nine years on and off. So I was like, well, this might help me. I don't know. <laughs> So I, I did a little bit of research, but I never actually read the book. I don't want to read the book yet until after the first season's over, because I don't want any preconceived notions on what the book is supposed to be like or what the TV show is supposed to be like. You know what I'm saying? 
That makes sense. Make it your yeah. own. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't want any preconceived notions on how I'm supposed to act. It's gonna help me out later on after I read it. But we're already going so far away from the book anyway. Right. It might not be that big of a deal. Now, later on in the the episode that we had just a couple of weeks ago, Blue on Blue, it was interesting because I like seeing how your character's been progressing and becoming more likable and more involved. When they had Visitor's Day, you said that all of your friends are already inside the dome, so you just started talking to random strangers at uh, Visitor's Day, and that's when you found out that China, I guess, was worried about what America might be doing with this dome here in America, was that something that you just kind of ad lib, or uh, no? That was scripted. That was, was scripted. It's really ironic because China is under the dome is the number one show of American TV in China right now. Really, so that was really funny. You know, because we filmed that before we had the ratings, of course. So seeing that on TV, I was like, "Oh, that's funny. That's great." So, is there more to that then? Are we supposed to, as the viewers? read into that at all or are we supposed to just be like ah it's just ben being ben i think just take it you know take it as is you know there might you know there might be some theories behind that i can't you know say yay or nay on them i really don't know to tell you the truth i'm excited just as much as you guys are yeah i mean it was really kind of the thing that stuck out for us and the fans of the podcast because everybody really clued in on it it's like well why do they throw that in there if there really wasn't something else because the whole time this season we've been really focused on the people in Chester's Mill, but you never really think about, well, what's the rest of the world doing, reacting right. to how this yeah, is going to... Yeah, I was wondering what they did, you know, after they fired the missile. What was the outside world thinking now that they can't kill us? That's a good question, because it, that should raise some eyebrows in many, many countries. Oh, yeah. Like, how many scientists would come and just look at us with under a microscope? Definitely. Well, in the kind of more recent episode, Imperfect Circles, Ben kind of walks in on Angie holding a knife over a bloody corpse. <laughs> what was the first thing that went through your mind at that point as Ben? I mean, are you like, dude, she's got a knife and she killed this person? Or did you kind of know it was Rose? Or No, I was, I was like, dude, she's going to kill me. I got my skateboard. I'm knocking that, st I'm knocking that knife down. <laughs> I ain't getting hurt. I'm not getting hurt. Oh, wait, that's Angie. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was and tense for a second, and then it calmed down quite a bit. More so after I recognized who she was. So then uh, there's like this movement now. We, we, we've heard, what is it, Benji? Benji, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to say that, you know, you want to refer to like the, the cute little Benji dog that was in the movies back in the 70s and 80s. But yeah, so Benji, Banji. I mean, how, how are we going to pronounce this? Are you guys going to be an item? What's the deal? <laughs> I, I can't tell either way. It was interesting, John, that you mentioned that you had your skateboard as Ben and you were thinking you might be able to even deflect the knife if you had to. So it was kind of cool to see how you stood up to Junior because, you know, he's a bit of a psycho and it didn't it looked like he was going to maybe harm Angie again. But you stood up to him almost like you were channeling um, an inner superhero to kind of tell him to calm down and you're not going to leave. How'd that all come about? That was that was actually pretty intense. I I feel like Ben the the character he's a he's a very loyal friend, and because Joe's such a good friend with him, and because he's so infatuated with Angie, that you know he would do anything for them. I mean, he was like look in the episode I think it was um, episode three, you know when at the party when Joe's about to 
you know, do the stand down with uh, the bully kid. What was his name? Um, oh, I know the kid you're talking about. Hopefully yeah, we yeah. don't see him again. So he stands up there, but you can see me in the shot. I'm right beside him, you know. So I think he's a very loyal friend more than anything. And he, you know, he's he's willing to fight for what, you know, for his friends. Well, Joe is uh, definitely going to need a loyal friend the way things are going under the dome. So it's good that Ben is there for him. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I think it also adds a little funny, fun element to it too. It takes a, a break from the intensity that is under the dome. Yeah, it was definitely fun to see the spray painting of the door on the dome, <laughs> kind of right after <laughs> the pilot episode. It kind of relieves that tension from the pilot, and then kind of gives it to the oh, okay, here's the more like softer side of the dome right in season uh, episode two. So definitely yeah. that kind of the comedic relief. Were you looking at it to be more of a comedic relief role or? Are you trying to be more serious or just kind of going with it? The way I read it was, you know, he's a funny, playful guy. He's like a he's like the skater kid I was when I was 16 years old. <laughs> I even think I had long hair then. I might have cut it. I'm not sure. But, you know, he was, you know, he's always getting in trouble. He's he's a popularish kid. He likes to have fun. Doing exactly the same things I was doing when I was 16. So I kind of that was it was almost like a John Ben, Ben John thing (laughs) (laughs) and then uh we know that the domies are like this crazy fan group that kind of does the background um extras for the show and they've really been hitting the wilmington area hard on monday nights to watch these episodes at some crazy place called hell's kitchen Mm -hmm. i've heard you're like the resident expert cast member coming to these parties on monday night kind of set the scene for us what happens at hell's kitchen on a monday night it's a nice little restaurant. Um, actually, the um, I think Dawson's Creek was filmed partly in there, and they they can they, after the show ended they turned it to a restaurant, and it's just a nice little place to just sit back, watch some sports on you know other Monday nights besides under the dome nights, just a little bar restaurant thing and um, great vibe. I go out there and high five all the all the people over there, you know, and watch under the dome together. Do you have any favorite domies you want to give a shout out to? Um, I would like to give a shout out to David Pascua. He's a pretty cool guy. He actually looks like me in twenty years from now, maybe maybe ten. I'll say ten. Sorry, David, you're not that old, right? Um, I uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Sue, bless her heart, lover. JD, cool cat. All the domies out there, all the domies all over the world. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, that's probably a fun scene to be a part of, especially because Under the Dome is, I think, exceeded everybody's expectations ratings-wise and viewership around the world, and it's become kind of a phenomenon. Of course, we learned a few weeks ago there's going to be a season two, so you may be back in Wilmington. Do you have other favorite spots around Wilmington, North Carolina that you really like, like to brag about? Park. You like the I skate like park? I like the skate park, Green, Greenfield Skate Park. Actually, it's, a, it's actually in the town, and we shot the scene in... Episode three over there with me skating the dome. That was actually an actual skate park. A few local bars, Duck and Dive, Barbary Coast. Those are my two favorites. Um, there's a great restaurant called Nine over here. Great food. The Riceville Beach is perfect. Yeah, and you can take your kids out there for a nice afternoon beach stroll or, you know, go to Carolina Beach. Same thing. Or, you know, just pop open a beer and sit back, relax. Sounds like you've been making the rounds, almost like a home away from home there. Yeah, actually, it reminds me, 
very much so of my old hometown of Rockport, Texas. It's a little, you know, it's a beach town where I grew up and always having fun out there. So I mean, I'm always having fun here too. That's great. So since there's so much going on in Wilmington, especially with, uh, we heard Sleepy Hollow is going to be filming there uh, for one of the new fall shows on Fox. Are you going to stick around the Wilmington area? Are you going to go back to LA? What's kind of the plans now that season one's in the can? I'm going to leave for a few days. I'm going to go, you know, visit my mom. I haven't seen her since last year. So, you know, and that was before the show. I even got wind of the show. So I'm pretty sure she's proud of me up to a point, right? Of course. Um, yeah. That's actually, that's really cool. She um, she has my first headshots on her wall behind the her cash register where she works. And she, tells, she was telling everybody about me before <laughs> I got the show. And now that... She has some some bragging rights. I bet she's you know really wild and out with that. Now it's going to be great to see her. I missed her. Excellent. And now that they have finished season one, all the filming. Looking back, was there any particular scene that seemed especially dangerous or exciting to film that you're allowed to uh, tell us about because it may not have been shown yet? Uh, it hasn't been shown yet, but there's this one thing with this one stunt and this one person and it was gnarly and that's about as far as i can go <laughs> well, sorry yeah were any skateboards affected in that filming of that scene no no unfortunately but there i mean you'll, you are going to be able to see me skate a little bit more later on cool cool i can, I can tell you that much so what about the pilot what was the favorite part of shooting the pilot i think my favorite part was being so new to it like just staring at everything with just wide-eyed wonderment and just like just walking around all the different parts of the sets and standing behind the camera and looking here and looking at the lighting looking at the grips just just soaking it all in and learning as much as possible and more than anything crafty uh the free food was great <laughs> there's always perks it's always good stuff oh, yeah. Do you mind if we uh, ask you a few questions that the uh, fans have sent in and we're hoping that we could pass along to you Oh of course Excellent. We're going to start off uh, one of our longtime listeners. He goes way back, even before we started recording the show. Uh, his name's Neil from Bowie back east. And he's wondering if you and some of the other younger members of the cast have kind of developed good friendships ever since that uh, filming of the pilot. Oh, definitely. Definitely. The whole cast themselves. We, we, we're like almost like a family unit. We're always going out to different events, different parties, different bars, different, you know, just different shows. You know, it's it's a very family knit group, and we you know every once in a while we'll get together for dinner at someone's house. Yeah, it's, we we love each other. You know, it's a very much a family union. So take that a step further. Then, if you had to pick one person from the show to be trapped under the dome with, who would it be? I would have to say Nick Strong, Nicholas Strong. He plays Phil, the radio DJ. Yeah, we're not partial and, to Phil at all, being old radio hats ourselves. Phil's very cool. Yeah, he's awesome. He really knows what he's doing. He knows how to do it, and he just goes for it, and it's beautiful. Just watching him on screen, you know, and just hanging out with him off screen. It's just been a great ride, for, for me at least. Would you consider him a mentor then for your early career? Of sorts, of sorts, definitely. I see him, you know, almost, I see him more like a friend as a brother, you know, like, like, a, like a big brother I never had. So this question then is from Gavin. Gavin says, if you're John Elvis, not Ben, and John was trapped under a dome, what is the one TV show, the one movie, 
the one band and the one person you would miss the most? One TV show, The Walking Dead. Mm. The one movie, Silence of the Lambs. Bad Company. And what was the last one? Uh, one person you would miss, either dead or alive. If you were trapped under the dome and it was that one person with you, who would that be? I would bring my dad. I like having my dad around. It's a good answer. <laughs> this is where to yeah. give mom credit. We have to give dad credit too, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> I got to spread the love around a little bit more. Now, while you've got your uh, thinking cap on, John, other than playing the character of Ben, if you didn't get the part of Ben, what other character on Under the Dome would you have liked to have played? I would like to have played uh, Joe. That would been cool. I'm not old enough for a lot of the characters, so that's just it. But it's acting. Yeah. I'd like to be Shroom and the dog. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a cool dog. Yeah. Junior. That would be a role. I would love to play that. That would be so cool. I think it'd be cool just to see a skateboarding cop and then chasing down the Dundee brothers. <laughs> there you go. And then until I hit a rock and just fly. It could happen. It'd be a cool special effect, though. <laughs> Maybe you rolled over a, a hidden propane tank as it exploded. There you go. And I fly through the air and jump on top of them. You do, you do all your own stunts, right? Uh, I do most of them. I don't do all of them, unfortunately. Um, insurance things and... Oh, yeah. This. And I'm like, okay. You know, and, you know, they pulled me aside. They are like, we know you can do this. It's just, we're not going to let you. No, <laughs> don't. Trying to make, tell you, don't feel bad. This is just for safety's yeah. sake. Yeah, yeah. So, and, but, you know, they, they made up for it, definitely. They, um, they let me pick up my stunt double. The, there's an, before the stunt itself, we, uh, went to the skate park and we had what was called a, um, uh, a stunt rehearsal and it was basically just me and him just running rampant in a park by ourselves for like two three hours just skating in a private park so that was mm -hmm. fun any chance any of that was filmed to maybe put on the dvd extras when it comes out i wouldn't know that would be cool i, I know there was around there so the show itself is about we think anyway survival right so when it comes to surviving where do you draw the line as to drink? Where would you sleep? The company you would keep? If you have to put yourself in that situation, John, where would you draw the line in certain areas? Oh, I wouldn't drink my own pee. I don't think I would, as a person, like someone that I can't trust to be around me. That'd be a big thing with me. I'd have to be able to hang around people I can trust more than anything. Sleeping, I got my own bed, so I'm good. If anything, I can just, you know, put my skateboard behind my head as a pillow. Nice. I think, I, I think, I think I'd be able to do pretty good. Plus, you know, I heard there's a mom and dad out there with me, so. Trust is a, is a big issue, like you mentioned. And on Under the Dome, at least so far, I don't see very many characters other than maybe Ben and Joe and maybe uh, Sheriff Esquivel that I would really trust. You're going to see trust play a major role in these episodes. I think even in the next episode, it's going to be really big on trust. Mm. So. Keep our eyes peeled for that then, John. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I could say that. I didn't give that much away, right? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't tell us very much. I don't know where you can give us as far as hints or clues for the final kind of push here towards the end. I know that you have some, you know, major 
um, scenes coming up in kind of the last two episodes from what we're hearing. So I don't know, what what can you share with the fans as far as what they should look out for? What can you tell us? Prepare to be surprised more than anything. I mean, because I, I get the scripts, right? Whether or not I'm in the, I'm in the episode. I'm reading the thing, and I'm, I get I burn through it so fast, and when I get to the end of the script, I'm like, what? What? You're going to leave me here, and I have to wait another week before I can watch, I can read it? And so that was like a mini thing for me for what y'all are going through. And you, you're just going to be baffled. I promise you that. It's going to be very, very, very insane for a second. I think we're already there after Imperfect Circles. I mean, the show kind of started off pretty status quo, pretty normal, little Junior, little Big Jim, little Angie, and then all of a sudden there's a dome within a dome with an egg. Yeah. And that was kind of like, what? <laughs> I mean, because that, that's not in the book at all. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw that thing, I was just like, what? Oh, my God. You know, and that was before all the special effects was put in there, and I was like, just, I was starstruck. I was like, looking at it from the sides, looking from the top <laughs> and the bottom, trying to reach into it a little bit, you know. You didn't get that, but you could have. So then about the special effects, since we're on that topic, and you did the whole spray-painting door thing in episode two, you know, how do they do that special? I mean, it looks like Windex should sponsor the show because the, <laughs> the plexiglass is so clean when you view it on TV. Yeah. You know, So how does that work? Are you guys working in front of a piece of you know, plexiglass or a window, or how does that actually play sometimes out? Sometimes it's plexiglass, sometimes it's like a blue screen, sometimes it's nothing at all. So, um, depending on what shot it is, depending on what, you know, what they're going for, you'll be looking at A, nothing, B, blue screen, or C, plexiglass. And uh, so, I mean, it's really interesting because, um, you know, not being able to see what you're doing, sometimes it just, it kind of messes with you, you know, and, and, and pushes you as the actor to see it, to be in there, you know? Was it one of those techniques that was used when you were actually skateboarding up onto part of the dome? That was a blue screen, actually. Yeah, it was a blue screen. Um, they, they built a, a wall, and my son rode that wall. I did everything else except for the actual placeholder. We know you can do it. Just, no. I'm like, really? <laughs> I can't just do it then. Just give us a little bit about um, what you got coming up in the future here, John, now that you're kind of broken out onto the scene, people know who you are, what kind of projects are you, we're going to see you in in 2013, 2014? Well, I'm, I'm auditioning for stuff. Um, in Texas, when I get back, we're going to remake a, uh, a film that I was I got the opportunity to participate in, except, you know, just re revamping a few things and uh, going to hit the festival circus with that. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to go visit my family, of course. And uh, season two, hopefully. Season two's coming anyway, but you never know. And what was the name of that movie again, John? Unstockable. At first, it started off as a passion project, and now I can, you know, now that I can help out with getting it some funding, I'm going to, you know, we're going to make it where great quality, great, you know, because, you know, we already have phenomenal actors in there that are part of the project, and to um, give them, to have them get some better equipment and better what have you to make it a, you know, more visually aesthetic piece that's, you know, all the world to me. And speaking of being in the dome, where can people find all sorts of information about John Elvis? I have a fan site on Facebook. It's uh, the official John Elvis fan page. Um, you can have my, my Twitter, uh, skateboard, 
or John Elvis Skate, J O H N E L V I S S K E I T. And we'll put links to those at underthedomeradio.com slash John Elvis if folks didn't catch it right off the bat right there. Do you have any other things you want to bring up while we have you uh, here via Skype for Under the Dome Radio, John? Uh, I would like to thank you guys uh, for having me. I would like to thank Under the Dome Radio for having me. I would like to thank my manager, Christy Martin, my great agency, Calliope Talent, uh, my mom, my dad, brothers and sister. To all my fans, thank you so much for liking Under the Dome. Thank you so much for liking Ben. And uh, can't wait to watch it with you guys because I don't get to, I don't see the episodes beforehand. So I'm watching it just as much as you guys are. I'm really excited about it. So I hope you guys are too. And thank you so much. Cool. Well, it's been great having you, John. And we're glad that you were able to join us and the fans here on Under the Dome Radio. Again, you can find all the information about this episode at underthedomeradio.com slash John Elvis. That's J-O-H-N-E-L-V-I-S. All one word, underthedomeradio.com slash John Elvis. And we just look forward to you wrapping up season one in the next couple of weeks, John. And uh, hopefully we can see some really coolness out of Benny and where this crazy ending is going to turn. Yeah, I'm like really forward to all the. I I really want to figure out just as much of what's going on as you guys do. So I'm excited. And if it pays off, we get to see the awesome Stephen King pen. We hear the first episode of season two. So how cool is that to be able to act uh, Stephen King's I, actual I, writing? I feel so honored. Feel very honored by it. It's uh, I mean, like who who? I mean, I don't even think people dream of that. You know. So, it's, it's blasting my dreams right out of the water, so I'm excited. And if Steven actually drops by the set, maybe you could show him a few skateboard tricks, uh, some riffs on the drums, who knows? Maybe he might have me, you know, write a miniseries of my own. Ah. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds good, John. We, we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to be on the show, and... Uh, it's been a blast, and I think people are going to enjoy learning some new things about you, John, as well as your uh, take on how things came together regarding your character of Ben on Under the Dome on CBS. Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. The Under the Dome Radio podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. You can theorize over once upon a time, learn how to podcast, build personal productivity, laugh at our clean comedy, and more at noodle.mx.